What up, everybody? It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we are fed up. We're angry, hurt, and tired. The country is wounded. The phrase, I can't breathe, is embedded in our minds forever. The inhumane treatment and senseless murder of George Floyd has to be the final straw. This was not the first time, but this has to be where it stops. For almost 10 years, we have been the voice of our community, working to push our culture forward, focusing on educating our listeners on entrepreneurship, real estate, mental health, education, and the importance of being politically engaged and informed. We have always had diverse guests and are open to the tough conversations. In that spirit, today we are having a candid conversation with fellow broadcaster Rush Limbaugh. Why are we having this conversation with someone whose historical viewpoints differ so significantly from ours and who we represent? Because the dialogue has to be open beyond who we know or who we talk to every morning. Today, Russia's listeners will hear us, probably for the first time ever. What we are witnessing in our nation right now is not normal, and it compels our attention to understand every side and look for ways to bring this country together and stop the senseless killing of our people. So we will start with a conversation that we think might be the first step. Ladies and gentlemen, Rush Limbaugh. Every Democrat candidate for president this year has made it their business to appear on The Breakfast Club. And now it's it's my honor to appear on The Breakfast Club. <clears throat> Excuse me, even though I'm not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, let me, <laughs> can, can, can I tell you why I wanted to... The George Floyd story is being lost. Right. There are two things happening in America, and and it's it it sickens me what happened to him. Legitimate national outrage about a policeman's criminal brutality has been hijacked, and I don't want to forget about George Floyd. What what happened to George Floyd sickened me, and I wanted to reach out and tell you all this. I want I want to make sure you have no doubt, and I'm not the only American who feels this way. The senselessness of it, you, you know. We're only given one life. We don't get a do-over. We only get one. We all take it for granted because it you know, it just happened. We're born. We don't even remember that. But George Floyd had his taken away from him. He didn't lose it. He had it taken away from him in a he senseless, stupid way. And I think most Americans are just as angry and sad about this as I am. And I'm also angry at the cops that stood around there and didn't do anything to stop it. It was just... I can't tell you how frustrated it is, and I just I just wanted to share the emotion I have with you guys about mm-hmm. this and to try to convey to you that I actually think most Americans are just as sickened and outraged by it as I am. Yeah, and you know what? One of the worst things is that I feel like we're so accustomed to being in these situations where we get frustrated, where nothing happens, and these police officers are back out doing the same thing over and over again. And that's part of the frustration is this is not an isolated incident. This is something that's been happening in our community. for It hasn't stopped. We don't see when it will stop. And I think people are frustrated. And it's a combination of so many different things right now. Well, that's I think absolutely absolutely right. The, if you, if you look at the, the the actual circumstance here, you had what happened to him. It's on video. You've got right. the cop, the cop standing there, almost looking like he's bragging or uh, uh, having fun, exerting power. How stupid is the cop? Can the cop not be aware of what we in this country are going through precisely because of what he's doing at that moment? How can anybody be that? 
insensitive or stupid. It's beyond me to understand. It almost felt like that the, the more that people were telling him that he was killing him and that it was blood coming out of his nose and that he was lifeless, but he really felt like, just looking at his face, I, I, I think that was probably the closest thing to a devil that I've ever seen in my life. It was his ego that just allowed him to keep applying pressure and applying pressure and taking that man's life. I I can't. Let me ask you a question, Russ. This is sure. Charlemagne talking. Um, we, we've seen numerous police killings of unarmed black people in this country. Why is the George Floyd situation the one that's making you say enough is enough and this needs to stop? Why Why this situation in particular? Because I'm fed up with. It. I'm not. I mean, I'm not tolerant of any of them. Uh, but but I'm I'm just I'm fed up with it, Charlemagne. None of this. See, to me, and I know I know that you're going to disagree with me on this. Mm. To me, this is not America. It's a it's a it's a it's a sad. Oh, no, it's definitely America. Well, see, but it's it's not what we can be. It's not what we have been. We're the greatest nation in history of the world. And we haven't achieved that on the basis for, for of being, who, though, Russ. I think, not, I think I think that. I think it's easy for you to say because you're you're a white male and that comes with a different level of privilege. And I do think America does work, but it works for the people that it was designed to work for. It doesn't work for everybody else the way it works for you. Well, it can. That's the point of America. It can for anybody who wants to adapt to it, for anybody who wants to try to take advantage of the unique opportunities that exist in the United States. We're the only nation that's ever enshrined the concept of individual liberty and freedom in our founding documents. We're the only country that's ever created a document to govern ourselves by that limits government. Now, uh, it, it, it's, you know, I've, look, gang, well, Russ, I, I let can't me jump say in for that a second, though. But okay. George Floyd wasn't doing anything wrong. Breonna Taylor got killed in her house. She wasn't doing anything wrong. And so it's not that people haven't adapted to things. It's just that we get targeted and then there's no punishment when the police officers commit these crimes against us. No, no. And then we'll, I, when we I, talk I about it. I, I didn't mean to conflate that George Floyd could have stopped what was going to happen to him. I'm not, Don't misunderstand. Okay. There, George Floyd is the essence of innocence. What, but, but what I'm saying is, is that America is a place with robust opportunity if you want to go out and look for it and find it. Now, the people ripping up the streets today and last night, the Antifa types, they don't care to find the op. They disagree with the whole construct of America. Well, well no, I got to push back on you with that, too. It's not just the Antifa types. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you see all these white folks out there protesting, looting, raising hell. You know what I'm saying? Let's not act like there isn't 40 million people who have filed for unemployment in America. Folks been sitting around the last three months waiting on stimulus checks. More than 44 percent of, of those people have been denied unemployment checks are still waiting on them to come. People of all races are broke. They don't know where their next meal is well, coming yeah. from. Their savings are exhausted. If they had any, they don't know how they're going to pay bills. So, of course, they're going right. to go out there and loot. Of course, they're angry and frustrated. Unnecessarily, and they have right it turns out. Unnecessarily. There's no reason to shut down the country. There was no reason to lock everybody. Of course, you put 40 million people out of work and tell them, you know, you, you, you penalize them when they do try to open their businesses. You're going to create a powder keg. A powder keg keg has yeah. been created but that's right that's why i can't that's why i can't that's why i can't allow you to say that it's just antifa out there because it is a lot of white people who are fed well, up but the antifa the antifa people are the violent ones the antifa people are the ones that are trying to capitalize on it there of course there's some legitimate heartfelt people out there peacefully protesting but look you guys let me tell you you are 
a testament to the opportunity available in America. Look at you. How did you do it? What did you have to overcome to become the Breakfast Club? And what did you have to overcome to become dominant in morning drive in American radio? Who held you back? Or what were you able to overcome in order to do it? The opportunity is there. Is the only thing I'm saying. Right, but you know, you talk, about peacefully, you talk about peacefully protest, right? And you were very opinionated about Colin Kaepernick, and he was peacefully protesting, right? And now people are saying, no, they're not peacefully protesting. This is the same thing Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for that the world was so upset about. And the world said he's taking it too far and he doesn't know what he's talking about. This is exactly the reason why he was kneeling and protesting. The fact that an unarmed African-American man was doing nothing. They still don't even know if he had a, a fake $10 or $20 bill or not. And, he, and that man kneeled on George Floyd for damn near nine minutes and killed that man, murdered that man. Look, and looked at us like, yeah, I'm doing it. And what? I... You guys, I'm trying to tell you, I'm all with you. I'm a thousand percent with you on this. this. Is why I wanted to talk to you because I know that that there are, you know, we all have uh, preconceptions that we live under and biases that we live under. And I wanted to reach out to you guys specifically. You were, you were the ones that I was told to speak to. That that mm-hmm. this no, is uh, intolerable. I'm I'm happy to have the conversation. I'm glad you're having it because I think your audience needs to hear it. And you know, you, you said something a little while ago, and I want to just you know talk about that. You know, this is this is a country, America, that denies you know black people justice and just plain decency, and then they act like we're just supposed to be happy to be here because it allows a few of us to make. When a few did I say that? Majority of us out here catch up. Well, you said you said. You said, you know, uh, you guys, you guys made, it. made it. Y'all are mm-hmm. successful. You know what I'm saying? Like, but but the rest of us are catching hell out here. R.I.P. No, George Floyd, no, but we can't act second. like this is an isolated incident. Charlemagne, you're adding yes. things to my mouth that I didn't say. You're adding syllables oh. I have not uttered. I was trying to be complimentary of you, and I'm trying to illustrate yes. that you are an example to others that, 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 that want to try, you can succeed. Let me ask a quick question. If the Minnesota Vikings had announced two nights ago mm-hmm. that they were going to hire Colin Kaepernick, would the riots have stopped? No. Nobody gives no. a shit about that. Like, what are we talking about? Well, Colin you guys, Kaepernick what do you mean? You guys Vikings, brought up man. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. His name is Kaepernick. And Kaepernick, the reason I brought him up sorry. is so you were so you guys opinionated up about Colin him protesting. And uh, I'm just asking, if the Vikings had signed him, would that if would the people of this? Oh, good. Okay, he's got a oh, gig. You know, we're not going to protest no, anymore because no. that's not going to stop white supremacy. That's not going to stop racism. Okay, we got to R.I.P. to George Floyd, but this that was not an isolated right. incident. This is a regular occurrence. Let me uh, ask for you. black people in this country. How and do the you powers stop that be? Don't want to change the system. Nah, how well, do that's you a stop? Question for you. You, you, I, I want to know, guys. How, how are you going to use your privilege as a white male to combat this prejudice? You, you got to direct because line. I, I don't, I don't Donald buy Trump. into. No, wait a minute. I don't buy into the notion of white privilege. See, I, oh, I, I, I think that's a liberal. You're being That's a liberal political construct, right along the lines of of uh, uh, political correctness. It's designed to intimidate and get people to shut up and admit they're guilty of doing things Russ, they haven't done. You know, I don't have, you, I don't have any you know white. What, privilege. You know what white privilege is? White privilege is that what what happened to George Floyd would not have happened to a white man. That's Uh, that's still putting me a white privilege right there. If 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 what happened to George Floyd had happened to a white man, we probably wouldn't even have heard about it. Huh? 
You definitely would have heard about it. You definitely would have been. You definitely <laughs> would have heard mean, about it. You definitely would have. If George Floyd, if George Floyd, black people get killed by unarmed black men, I don't think if George jump in and say this, Rush. There's a lot of instances where this does happen, and we don't hear about it. There's a lot of times that there's no video that exists, and then people are police officers lie and they say this is what happened. Just like we've seen it happen so many different times, where fortunately there was video. There's a lot of cases that won't make it. That we never hear about that don't go viral. That you never hear about that never make it to TV, that never make it to social media because there is no phones. What I I said, guys, I said if George Floyd were white, we wouldn't have heard of this. And if the same thing had happened to him, we wouldn't have heard about it. It wouldn't be, you know, we, we, the, the, would you? You'd Jump be just. Forward. You'd be outraged, right? You're right. You wouldn't hear about it, and you know why? Because that guy would have been arrested. He would have been fired. He would have been charged with murder a long time before all of this. Yeah. Immediately before before the video hit I mean, the, 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 the social media, he would have been charged, fired, a, arrested, locked up, and all that. If George Floyd was white, there's, there's, a, there's a Muslim. I think there's a Muslim officer in Minneapolis now doing 12 and a half years because he accidentally killed a, a white woman. And on duty, so I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But let me ask you a question, Russ, because I remember in 2014 you criticized President Obama, and you said he should do more to ease racial tensions in the wake of the grand jury decisions to not indict the white police officers in Ferguson. You said if he wants to, he can inspire, and I think it's called for in this situation. Shouldn't that same advice apply to President Trump right now? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it it applies to all presidents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, no question about it. That's one of their roles is to calm circumstances and situations like this. But look, guys, can I ask right. you, you keep harping on white privilege and racism. Would you tell me how to end it? How, how, what, what can we do to end this so that you are not frustrated and angry and, and feeling like whatever you feel like? Because I hate it. I hate it. You guys, people. we're That's all one. Americans here, and I don't like officers. the fact That's that you're two. angry all well, the time. So what no, can we do okay. to stop the racism? It, Here's the thing, right? Um, as long as there's a system of white supremacy, you know, there will always be these type of situations. You know, it doesn't matter who's in the White House if that person is not willing to dismantle the mechanism of white supremacy. If that person is not willing to change legislation that disproportionately impacts black folks, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've seen this a million well, wh- times. Okay, the then tell riots, me the what Ferguson happened. Riots, you had four years of Barack Obama. You had you had Americans, white Americans, <laughs> voting for Obama because they wanted to say we're not racist. We're we, we're not a racist country. You had people electing the first African American president in our history. That's he right. served for eight years. Why isn't there anything to show for it that makes you less once angry once, than you were then? Once again, it doesn't matter who's in the White House if that person is not willing to dismantle. The mechanism of white Come supremacy. Come on, guys! It it, 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 elections matter don't matter now. Is. I think that when you, when you, when we got to stop acting like white supremacy isn't done by design. The whole function of systemic racism is to marginalize black people, and it's very hard to get any damn near eighty-year-old white man to change a system that's been working for him and his family for years. I don't care if it's Biden or Trump. So once again, we need people that are willing to dismantle this the mechanism of white supremacy. Okay, so let, let me let me ask you guys, why do you still vote Democrat? I vote for whoever I think is the best candidate. Because the Democrat I'm Party my, has been promising to fix your grievances for 50 years, and you have the same mm-hmm. grievances, you have the same complaints. They haven't done a damn thing 
for you. They haven't even punished the people that you think are responsible for the racism and bigotry being done to you. Why do you keep supporting them? and, and, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. And I don't I, that's why I'm not letting nobody politicize black pain and tell us that this is one person's fault just because they are trying to win an election in November. This is America's fault. And the war on drugs, mass incarceration, segregation, slavery, all of those things are and have been the proverbial knee on the back of black folks neck. And until somebody is willing to dismantle the, the, the mechanism of white supremacy, nothing is going to change. Well, Rush, I also don't want to lose track of what we're talking about here because I know we're trying to focus on on George Floyd and what's happening with him and how can we take some actionable steps to move forward and what can be done, right? So on your end, what are some things that you feel like can be done? I think that cop should be charged with first-degree murder. And I think that the guys standing around ought to be charged, the other cops that were standing around. I think it's it's time to end this. Look, you... We, we we are all aware of police brutality. We're all aware of the uh, actions that some rogue cops take, uh, and it's way too many of them, against African-American men. And it's time to stop. And the, I, you know, I'm not a policeman. I'm not an executive in a police department. But it seems to me that if those people end up being charged and, instead of yeah. shielded, uh, when they commit murder, there shouldn't be any legalized murder. And, and that would be one way. Uh, to at least get a start on making sure it doesn't happen. This George Floyd was, for everything I've been able to tell, was a good guy. He was a nice guy, had a family, that did not even come close to deserving having his life taken from him like Not this. at all. Not at all. Now, do and, you agree with the I, way that the media is portraying everything? You're in media, and you know, media is a white media, of course. Do you, do you agree with how they're portraying everything that's going on right now? God, I don't. I don't think we've gotten the truth out of most media in three or four years. I. I don't know. I. It's, and I think that's another reason why people are mad. You guys, they know they've been lied to. They were lied about so many things for two, three, four years now, and so now they don't know what to believe coming out of the media. And I don't care what it is: Fox, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post. There doesn't seem to be anywhere in our culture that people have trust in an institution or series of institutions that provide a backstop and reliability when something like this happens. And I think that's creating uh, or contributing to even more of the unrest that's happening out there. Rush, how would you advise Donald Trump to, ha- to handle this situation? Because I see that he's having some issues. He's calling uh, people thugs. He's talking about sicking the dogs on people if they try to come into the White House. But then you see how he treats people who are protesting the stay-at-home order. And they have guns, and they're white people, and they're fine people. So I just want to know, what advice would you give to the president right now to say, this is what we need to do, and this is how you should handle it? Because I don't think that he's handling it properly with his verbiage. I think what the president ought to do is use the God-given humility that he has, that he that that, and don't doubt me that he does. He has he has a lot of humility. There's nothing humble about the president. Come well, on. Well, no, there is. Even if, and, at every rally, you will see his, his all humility, ego, his appreciation for the people that show up. Uh, but I, it's it, it's simple matter of understanding. He's president of everybody here, and trying to quell these these moments of unrest is something that would be really, really to his advantage. I think what you said about Obama in 2014 applies. When you, when you said if he wants to, he can inspire. And I think it's called for in this situation. I, but I don't look, think he man, wants to inspire. I think he wants to incite. 
Well, okay, first, I do agree with you about the inspiration. I think I think he can. I think he should. I think all presidents uh, should. Uh, in terms of Trump inciting, look, the guy has had everybody and their uncle telling lies and falsehoods about him for three and a half, four years now. And he's probably a little fed up with it. Before the shutdown happened, look at what black unemployment was. It was a record low. The number of African-Americans have had jobs. The wages that were going up. And then this virus comes along and the bottom is pulled out from it. He's got to be frustrated as uh, as he can be. And I'm not trying to carry his water. Well, the, black, the black unemployment yes, rate started going down under Obama, too, though. I mean, that's that's one thing that Trump takes credit for that actually started uh, under President Obama. It did? Okay. Well, that's... Yes. Then I'll, I'll... Uh, uh, can I ask you, <laughs> you a question, Russ? Yeah. Uh, w- w- moving forward, mm-hmm. all right? Because, you know, the cops, say, let's say the cops get arrested, uh, the cop gets charged, he goes to jail, great. How do we dismantle white supremacy as a whole moving forward? Well, that's another show, guys, because, A, I don't, I don't, you'd have to define what it means to you. What, what, because I don't, I don't feel like I am a white supremacist. And I don't think there's much white supremacy going on out there, but I need to have you define. See, this is one of the divides. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that to me, uh, once again, this system is designed to work for the people that it was built by. And that's white folks, particularly old white men. And now that people have had enough, because those white folks I spoke about earlier who are out there, you know, who really love black people as much as they love black culture and they're out there standing with black folks and they want to fight with us. I think this is the tipping point. And we right now are at a point where we can finally force America to live up to its grand promises of liberty and justice for all and not I just liberty and justice for white folks. It has. That's my back to the beginning of the ah, program. Russ. It has. It's out there. You guys have done it. Look, we're, we're out of time here. But would you guys like to do this again where we pick it up right from this point and make a maybe make not a focus if, not, on white supremacy not not if we just going to dance the whole time if you if, if you if you're going to have some honest conversation with us and stop telling us no, things no, like white privilege Charlemagne. and you don't know what white supremacy is if we could do that yes well rash i'm very not into having having time. these into having these conversations because I do think it is important for white people to acknowledge the hurt that they've inflicted on the African-American community and to be able to come forward and admit that we can't even move forward until that happens. Yeah, well, we that's can, what we I was attempting to do here with, uh, honest, with, with all of you today. On the white supremacy thing, I'm not in any kind of denial. I just know that it's a politically charged element of the Democrat Party's politics and liberalism, and I do not cave or compromise, or give one iotas of an inch to liberalism, no matter what. So white white supremacy or white privilege is a construct of today's Democrat Party, and I'm not going to agree with any aspect of it as they put it forth. Um, not denying that there are certain individuals out there who think they're better than other people, but structurally, institutionally, uh, white supremacy—that's it's Russ, a construct. You, you, you can't see you can't see how white people are just treated better in this country than black people. Even just as far as he how many people get pulled over by the <laughs> police officers. Like, like we and can how, have these conversations, but we got to be honest with each other. Like you got to you yeah, got to admit that. Yeah, how disproportionately black people you, are getting pulled over. Disproportionately, up. they're getting shot no, by the cops. You, you set these things up. You have no idea how. If and I'm, I can imagine what mm-hmm. you're going to say. If I sit here and say you have no idea how I have been mistreated by various mm-hmm. elements, various groups, various companies, various individuals my whole life, 
It's called <clears throat> life Russ. and it happens. And we're all mistreated. I've been fired nine times in my career. But have, and, have you ever got thrown out the, thrown out your car because you were driving a nice car? Have, have I you ever got just patted down just for being black? Yeah, I've had I'm my sure car. I've had my car keyed. I've had my tires blown. Of <laughs> no, course. I'm talking Russ, about throwing stop. out your car by a police officer because you're black driving a nice car, or walking down the street in Queens, the area where you're from, and the police pulling you over and patting you down. Has these things happened to you? Don't talk For about no keying reason. a car. Not, I didn't got shot not, at. They didn't shot up my car. Don't talk not, about keying a car and, and popping your mm, tire. I'm talking about you're, police you're not, officers not, pulling you out no, because you're but, black. See, I'm because a hermit. He did nothing. I'm a hermit and a recluse, and I don't I don't go out and do all that kind of stuff. Right. No, that kind of stuff has never happened to me. I'll grant you. I want to ask you one more question before we get out of here. All I've never, I've never people, had the cops assume that I am. Well, actually, no, that isn't true. I have been. Oh, pursued, Russ, stop. <laughs> I have been pursued by the cops. I was pursued by. Absolutely, I have. But look, guys, let me Listen, thank you again question. for. No, no. I, let me thank you again for giving me the okay. time today and having access to you and uh, at least the chance to talk to you. I do appreciate it. And maybe we it's can do good. it again. I look forward to it. Thank, thank you, Russ. I, and I again, do want to know why you think. Rest all, in peace, George all those Floyd. White, that's right. All, all those white kids out there on the front lines protesting and fighting with black people, uh, I salute them. And But why do you why do you think they're out there, Russ? Because they're fed up with what happened to George Floyd. They're fed up with this situation that will not stop, that caused all this and provided the opportunity for all this to happen, meaning the opportunity to protest and riot. There are more Americans fed up with it than you know. That's my point. What about America, though? You don't think that, that the, the fact that there's 40 million people who have filed for unemployment? Uh, the, largest, the largest unemployment rate since the Depression era? You don't think that they're fed up about that, too? Well, I already acknowledged that earlier in the conversation. You can't put 40 million people out of work. But I'm telling you that you have a lot of simpatico people out there. White people were marching in the 60s with Dr. King. There were, in fact, Dr. Right. King's death did not cause this kind of strife in this country. Martin, well, Martin Luther King Jr. is dead because of racism and white supremacy. Uh, well, okay. If that's your answer to everything, then I don't know how where we go. It is, though. It is. He's dead because he was fighting against racism and white supremacy. All right. Well, that's why he's dead. Well, good luck, guys. Thank you for I, I, uh, the if conversation. We can do this we again. It. We'll do it again. Now, this was a serious conversation, at times an uncomfortable conversation. Even though we have vastly different viewpoints from Rush. It was an open conversation to have because the dialogue must be open beyond just our community if we are ever going to get a real change from all people. This is The Breakfast Club.